Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is episode 100. Not on December 22nd, <laughs> but on December 27, 2021. My name is Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? <laughs> Doing better than you, apparently. You got a needy cat. I have a very but... needy cat. Okay, well, hopefully she will That's... stay. <laughs> but yeah, I guess for a little context, we should specify what happened. We did originally record... Uh, episode or 1.0 of episode 100 <laughs> last wednesday on the 22nd but uh for some reason when sarah went to uh i guess edit or upload the file it corrupted is that what mm-hmm. happened i corrupted and lost everything i corrupted and crashed and we lost the whole segment <laughs> which was a big bummer because i think it was a great uh, it was I, when editing it i'm like oh this is such a great episode and we had a special guest and everything yeah, so did. i'm hoping to insert all of his quips <laughs> If we remember them into the episode. <laughs> well, I remember his his little bit of input about uh, like a previous email. Good. I was hoping yes. so. I remembered one of the movies. So let's start off with that. Yeah. Um, so. so our email for um, episode 99 was about best like um, ensemble. all-star cast ensemble. ensemble yeah, cast. yeah. So what were his answers? Yeah. So we did have, we had, well, we had we long-time had, listener Dan here. Yes. He was actually a participant in our podcast last week, which is, again, was a bummer that we lost it because he had some great input and some great uh, insight. We'll have to have him back. We will. We'll definitely have him back again. We apologize. There was a technical issue. But anyways, I do remember he did mention that he, well, he didn't obviously send in an email because he was going to read it himself on the air. But uh, he had mentioned three Three movies that he liked that had ensemble cast that I did not mention in last week's episode. So he mentioned Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. the, the 2001 version with, you know, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, uh, I mean, you know, Casey Affleck, Andy Garcia, Julia Roberts. Yes, lots the names of, could go on. Lots of, <laughs> you can, I can go on for like 15 names, but and another one he mentioned was Moneyball. Yes, of course. Which has, you know, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. There's a couple others I'm missing, but those are the main three. Do you say Brad Pitt? Yeah, right. I said Brad Pitt. Okay, I, I missed the first one. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one we had was Super Bad. Yes. So that was again Chota Hill, uh, Michael Sarah, uh, you know, Bill Hader, uh, Seth Rogen, oh, Emma Stone. Yeah, good mm. one. Good, good, like, you know, it was good for our demographic growing up, like, uh, like just finishing high school, I think, is when it came out. Yeah, we had a d- like, debate on when it came out. It was 07. We found out it was <laughs> Yeah, 07. the great year of 07. Yep. <laughs> so those were three great examples. We appreciate Dan bringing them to my attention. Yeah. And we'll shout them out here for him. I can't so. believe we missed the Ocean movies. <laughs> Pardon me? I can't believe we missed the Ocean movies in our original. That's a good point, yeah. The Ocean's ones should be easy. Yeah. All right. Well, um... I'm again. I don't know if this was the cause of why the episode crashed last time, but I remember last time we recorded like over an hour yep. of uh, of the show. So I'm going to try and keep it a little shorter this time and hope that the obviously that issue doesn't happen again. So we don't have to don't want to have to record this for a third time. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think I teased alluded this alluded to this in previous episodes. But tonight's episode is going to be about since in in commemoration of episode 100, it makes sense that now we should discuss. The top 10 films of 2021. Sounds good to me. And again, these are films that... I mean, obviously, these are films that I watched in 2021, but they also all released in some capacity, whether mm. it was like on a Cineplex store or in theaters, most of them in theaters. They, these all released in 2021. And so, how many total movies did you watch in 2021 that were came out in 2021? 26. 26. Yes. Okay. So these are top 10 of 26. My top 10. And I only have a top 8 because that's all the movies I watched. Sure. That's still pretty good for you. <laughs> that is good for me, I think. So, and also people, obviously no one's going to know this because our last file was corrupted, but when we did, when we did our first 
recording of this, we sort of jumped around on our top 10. Yes. Bit. I think this time I'm just going to go straight through. And do okay. My, I don't want to have like a break. I'm just going to do my top 10. Do you want me to go first then? Because mine's shorter and less climactic. <laughs> I suppose you can go first. Sure. Okay. Um. So yeah, I only watched eight movies this year. And they were all with Tyler. So, <laughs> so you might hear some duplicates here and there. But uh, yeah. So the worst movie I saw this year was Raya and whatever the heck the rest of the name is. Raya I can't remember. Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, Raya and the Last Dragon, which was a Disney movie that, uh, you know, you, there's expectations when you watch a Disney movie. And this did not meet any of them, except for visuals. It was just so underwhelming. The story was, and the voice acting did not, reached disney par to me like it was not incredible's family par i just realized but yeah <laughs> um yeah it was just so just boring like the whole movie i was bored watching it um yeah it, it just didn't come together and very unforgettable like i would never watch it again kind of thing um so yeah that was the worst movie but a, a close second after i remembered how I, okay, this one's cheating because I didn't really watch it. I listened to it. Um, but Tyler will mention it later how amazing this movie is, I'm sure. Um, Woman in the Window, <laughs> uh, which was a thriller movie, I guess you would call it. Tyler's not yeah. helping. Yeah, essentially. Uh, it was straight to Netflix. Uh, yes, I believe so. Um, but yeah, it was to listen to it. I thought it was a good thriller, but. Uh, apparently watching it was a totally different story so i'll let tyler talk about that um but yeah i don't know it just it just seemed like a, a nice short thriller movie and i don't think i watched really any of that this year i guess the quiet place too so yeah another another not amazing i wouldn't listen again movie but yeah um this sixth best movie i watched <laughs> is tomorrow war which was a very big budget amazon prime movie that uh i don't even know what you would make it it's just a monster uh it reminds me of district nine almost like district nine independence day it's an alien invasion movie. yes alien invasion movie with a hook yes so it jumps around like it has like uh, time manipulation and stuff um but it the visuals were very cool like the aliens were very unique um and yeah, visually it was a good movie. My problem with the movie is the story. The story uh, had plot holes. It broke its own rules. And that's what brought it down for me. Otherwise, it was a decent movie. Decent enough to make it to number six. Um, number five would be A Quiet Place 2. Um, it was an okay movie. It just didn't need to happen. It was just basically Quiet Place 1.5. Um yeah it it was it had the same kind of quality it just didn't need to happen it, but it had some suspenseful moments um but yeah it was it just kind of made me think of more last of us and i don't like last of us the game <laughs> so uh it is what it is but it, it was it was well put together so it beat all the other movies even though it also wasn't very memorable um and then number four of the year was the guilty and this was the, um, oh my gosh, what's his face? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. This was Jake Gyllenhaal as a cop, but he was in trouble. He got suspended. He got suspended. Yeah, suspended. So he had to become one of the call center people. Um, so it's basically a movie where you're just watching him try to help 
one of the call center people that called in uh, and it's like a like something happens he doesn't know it so he's trying to call in favors to um to get people to help him to figure out this mystery kind of thing um but the problem with this movie for me Ty disagrees but it's just so unbelievable the way he acts like he's just so mean to everybody and he uses people to try and get to the bottom of it um and he's already in hot water like he's already has a court case coming up like i think it's the next day kind of thing um for like and his job was on the line but he's just so bitter and so mean that there's no way people would let him act like this like they would send him home kind of thing and he would would just have a bad time at the court case yes I disagree because, like I said, Hall's character in the film was shown to have anger issues. That's why he got suspended in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that he would act like that in character while he's taking these 911 calls. And but he said, hung up on people when they were calling in. Well... And that's... No. Like, it's not believable. Fair enough. Uh, so the third best movie I watched this year, uh, even though <laughs> I've complained about it a whole bunch, is Dune. Yes... I didn't like how they turned the book into the movie, um, but it was still a good movie. It was beautiful. The acting was well done. Like if I didn't read the book, I probably thought it would have been great. But yeah, that was it. Was just my problem. There was things that didn't happen in the book that were in the movie, um, and things that didn't show well on screen that people thought were funny, and they weren't really meant to be funny. Um, but I, I get why they would put it in there, but yeah, just go read the book and don't see the movie. (laughs) No, that's not, that's not, that's terrible. (laughs) No, it's not. The book is just so many leagues better than the movie. You didn't even finish the book either. You're just basically. Well, you're supposed to read it to me. You promised to read it to me and you never did. (laughs) You promised to finish it. So I was going to buy it for myself and just finish it. But yeah, I'm still willing to go see the sequel though. Like, it hasn't turned me off of seeing the next part of it. Well, yeah, you got to know what happens. I Well, I, if I read the book, I'll know what happens. <laughs> but I'm still willing to see a second part. So it can't have been that bad. I think the theater experience probably ruined it for me, too. I probably would have liked it better seeing it at home. I don't know how you could make that conclusion, but that's, that's you. You're not a theater person. So. We have established that in the past episode. Mm. Um, but the second best movie I saw was Worth, which was the Michael Keaton movie um spotlight-esque i would call it Mm -hmm. where um they're talking about how to divvy up the money allocated to the victims families of 9-11 right so trying to establish a worth for every family member that passed away um so yeah it's it was very interesting to watch like how the formula was made and just the ramifications of how the money was divvied out so uh I liked it a lot, not as much as Spotlight, but I'm a sucker for like these expose movies. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I I really liked it a lot, and I think it's underrated. I don't think I heard nothing about it. Yeah, it just kind of dropped on I think early October or something yeah. on Netflix, and yeah, I mean it's like you said, it's a you know historical drama, so most people aren't really there was there wasn't much marketing for it, so most no. people don't think knew about it. I thought it was really great though, mm-hmm. but by far and away my number one of the year is super easy. Mm-hmm. It's the only movie I went and recommended to everybody to watch because it is an everybody movie and you will like it. Uh, and I forced people to watch it on my birthday. That was my birthday present for people to watch this movie is Mitchell's versus the Machines. Easily the best movie 
of 2021 hands down nobody can argue with me so funny so fresh like the people that made into the spider-verse make amazing visuals so you will love every family member including the dog like they're just so good at portraying everything through their visuals the writing was good the story was like um heartwarming Mm -hmm. it was it's just an all-around amazing movie and totally rewatchable this is the only one on here i'd probably rewatch yeah i did i rewatched it this year that's a big move for me so yeah those were my top eight movies of the year and by top eight i mean like i only like the top two really so right yeah you just had to fill up the list with the rest maybe maybe next year i'll make you actually watch 10 films yes please do (laughs) i want to see the last duel that's what i I think from what you've watched this year i think the most intrigued i am is the last duel yeah but you go right ahead you tell me your top 10 movies of the year okay so and i did actually come prepared for this when we recorded before so i still have my list in front of me Uh, (laughs) i didn't lose it exactly so when I mention my top 10 here, I'm also going to mention the previous episode of our show when I mm, talked about... Super helpful. When I, when I did like sort of like a mini review. So if you want to get more more in-depth of my thoughts on these films, you can go back and listen to one of those episodes. Appreciated. Yeah. Nice little, uh, nice little plug there. All the research so, you did. Yeah. So we have, like I said, so, well, like Sarah said, I saw 26 films this year. So it was a little hard for me to narrow down a top 10 here. Uh, once I got my 10 films oh. locked in, then I sort of had to shuffle them around. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I, my, my top two films were never in question. It was more just mm. me sort of like organizing Shuffling. between three to 10. Yep. So, but I think it's a, it's a strong list. Like out of these 10 films, um, I would easily recommend all of them for, again, depending on what your tastes are into. But I think all these, t- all 10 of these films that I'm going to recommend are definitely watchable. Uh, like from an entertainment perspective, they're all either informative or entertaining. Um, you know, like as much as I appreciated a film like Worth, for example, like it, it didn't make my top ten because um, while I find the subject material interesting, I just to me it's not as engaging as something like Spotlight. Like when Spotlight came out, I can't remember what year it was. I think it was twenty. I was going to say twenty fourteen. It might even be later than that, twenty sixteen. But like, I would have recommended Spotlight easily whenever year it came out in because that was like I've rewatched that film many times. Mm. Whereas I don't feel like re- really rewatching Worth again. I'm not sure why. I can see that it didn't hook me as much. But yeah, not saying it's. I can understand why it's on your list. It's it's a good film. It's just not wouldn't make my top ten. But um so I guess we'll start obviously we'll start with number ten here. So um and I apologize too. I kinda rem- I can vaguely remember when most of these movies came out. I wanna say this one, number ten on my list, I think came out somewhere around May. And I actually ended up renting it on the Cineplex store because mm. it wasn't I think you know, theaters were still closed at the time around here when this movie came out. I can't remember why. I can't remember. I didn't see it in theaters, but I ended up renting it on the Cineplex store. And I was really looking forward to seeing this movie because I had read the book uh, earlier this year in, in anticipation of this movie coming out. I, I When I saw the trailer for this movie, I was like, oh, it's based on a novel. I want to go read the book first, mm-hmm. which I did. Um, and while the movie was good, it was not as good as a novel. Mm. But that's pretty common with most patients. well we're not talking about doing it uh but number 10 on my list is called those who wish me dead oh the angelina jolie one yes and for those that want to know i did talk about this briefly in episode number 69 mm-hmm. i go back and listen for that but yeah this was the reason why i was really hooked for this one um to be honest because be honest the trailer didn't hook me the trailer was okay but mm. like i said it was but the main hook for me was it was written and directed by taylor sheridan was one of my favorite recent directors. Yes. He 
He's done uh, Sicario, Hell or High Water, Wind River, mm-hmm. and recently he's done that Yellowstone series. That's oh on yes, you love that. Paramount. Well, I've have only, you? I've only done episodes, I've only done season one so far. <gasps> Yellowstone, but isn't there four now? They're up to four now. Yeah. Well, you're behind. But here's my problem though too. Whereas I think this is a good film. I think it could have been better, but I feel like Sheridan. He's been he's being stretched thin lately. Like between Yellowstone and some other projects he's mm, working on, his yeah. and stuff. I feel like while this was a good movie. It didn't have the same focus as something like Wind River or right. Hell or High Water. Yeah, those are like he was focused again, solely were, on. Those were again, those were like original scripts. The, oh, that's obviously true, an too. adaptation, so it's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like, but again, I, I, the, the casting was great in this movie. Like I said, it was fun seeing Angelina Jolie in a big role like yes. this again. Well, and, she was in that other Marvel movie this year too, wasn't she? Yeah, I didn't see that one yet. Though, <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. The kid yeah. was good too, wasn't he? Pardon me? The kid was good in the movie too. Yeah, the kid was like sort of a newer, unknown actor. He did a good job. He he fit the the role of what I would have thought from the book. I see. Like he, yeah, he he uh, he did a good job in the role. And uh, yeah, like it, it's a it's a drama slash thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good movie. Like I, I remember I I watched it by myself, and I think I showed it to my mom, and she liked it as well. So it passed the. We also ha- we always have to get the mommy seal of approval. Exactly, it passed yeah. my recommendation of me having someone else watch it, and they liked it. So. That's why I feel like I can still recommend it here. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you at the beginning of the year, like I said, I would have hoped this movie would have been higher on my list. Mm-hmm. But I think it's actually just a testament of some of the other films on this list, which is really good. So mm-hmm. it's still earned a spot in my top ten. And like I said, I I would still I rewatch it again someday. But um, yeah, wasn't wasn't amazing, but uh, still worth a watch, I think. And again, I don't think it's on Netflix or Prime or anything yet. But when it comes on there one day, you got you guys should watch it. Ten out of twenty six is not bad. Yes, that's why six is not bad. Exactly. All right, number nine on the list will be this one might surprise you a little bit. And this originally wasn't in my top ten, but I felt it earned a spot the more I thought about it. So uh number nine is gonna be Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, why? You have to explain why. It was entertaining. I it was hard I didn't think they could pull off this movie, honestly. Um, mm, like big expectations. Like God- Godzilla this version of Godzilla has had two other movies already in this universe. And then Kong had his own film, which was like Kong Skull Island. So they had done separate films for these characters to set up this confrontation. So Kong is invading Godzilla's universe? No, no. They're in the same universe. Are they really? Yeah. Like canonically? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Mind blown. Okay. But so like I said, like in my opinion, this movie had no reason to be as good as it was. Okay. Like the director did a great job. I mean... It's a throwback to the old monster movies from the 90s. You don't see these kind of movies anymore. No. Big budget Mm-mm. CGI monster fights. Um, and yeah, like I said, I thought the I thought it was just really well paced. I thought the music was great. The action scenes obviously were great. Like, was it corn? Like, oh, sorry. Wait, what? I was going to say, was it super corny? Like, it feels like well, those movies used to be... The problem with these films, the Godzilla fests. and the Kong films recently, is that the human drama stuff is not interesting at all. Uh, you no. just want to see the monsters. Of course, that's what you're there for. So this movie did a good job balancing it. There was enough of the human stuff in there to drive the plot, but I felt like when the monsters actually fought, it was pretty epic. Awesome. So, yeah, and the more I thought about it, I thought it was a fun movie. I, I'd easily recommend if someone looking for just like a dumb, fun monster movie for a couple hours. Like um, you paid full price to watch this movie. Was it worth it? Like you yeah, paid like yeah. full like $30. Like this, one, this one I actually kind of wish I had seen in theaters. I don't think it was an option. That's why we didn't. Right. At yeah. the time. But I did rent it at home. Like, I think yeah. Again, through through Cineplex. And uh, yeah, that was really good. And uh, I would watch it again. I would say, I mean, I guess it helps obviously having seen the other Godzilla Kong films ahead of time, but you don't really need to. I would. I mean, yeah. You, you, You're just there for the booms. Yeah. <laughs> it served its purpose. So yeah. Uh I think it's worth spotless. So Interesting. Interesting. And also, I don't think I mentioned it yet, but I did oh, talk about yes. it in episode number 63. Perfect. So that was, under, that was one of the earlier ones. I think that came out in like March or April this year. Something like yeah, that. it was early. It felt like. So, 
Right. Number eight on my list is one that I also I also had a I kind of struggled with. It wasn't in my top ten originally, but then I I felt it did warrant a spot, and I you bumped something. I bumped something here. So number eight for me is going to be the Suicide Squad. I, I I watched the first one. There's no way I'd watch the second one. So t- well, or whatever very, that very is. Different. It has a very different tone than the first one. It's a different director, different. Writer. Does it have licensed music every five seconds? No, there's some licensed music, but it's not nearly as egregious as the okay. the previous version. Okay. So I did talk about this in episode number eighty one. I think this came out in August of this year. Mm, if I, I think so. Yeah. I did see it in theaters, and uh, I remember after seeing it in theaters, I walked out and I was like, "Yeah, it was good. Like it was fun. It was it was what I expected." And then. I didn't really think on it too much. Like it wasn't a movie that stuck with me and I thought about it for like weeks afterwards. But like watching some clips on YouTube recently and hearing other people's impressions of it, I just, I really I was impressed how well they pulled it off. Especially considering it's it's some of the same cast from the previous Suicide Squad. You still had Harley Quinn mm-hmm. and Rick Flag back along with Amanda Waller and mm. but they also introduced a lot of new characters, you know, like John Cena was in it, and Peter <laughs> Baker, uh, you know, Idris Elba and mm-hmm. uh, so that's just alone voicing a, a CGI shark right. is pretty great. Yes, but yeah, like it was directed by James Gunn, who did the Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy films. Mm. So he's really good at blending that the, the humor. I mean, he he got a chance to do a lot more dark humor in this one compared to his Marvel humor because this was like an mm, R-rated that's film. That's true. So, and the opening was great too. Uh, it was a really really fun opening to the film, and I was impressed with some of the dra- like the the final fight. I won't spoil it, but if you haven't seen the trailers already, don't spoil it. But the final like third act was pretty fun. <laughs> so. I keep meaning to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in the Guardians of the Galaxy game? Well, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I don't even know who makes it. Is that like Telltale or something? No, that's like um, I don't. It is Square. It's Square, Square Enix. Enix. Okay, so kind of like the Avengers. But it's apparently Much not better. like the Avengers <laughs> at all. Like I actual heard, good. I never heard the game's really good, which surprised me because I didn't really hear any hype for it before it came out. But um, the impressions are strong. I might check it out next year. We'll see. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. But yeah, going back to Suicide Squad, just, uh, yeah, it was a fun movie. I, I easily recommend it. Uh, Even if people who hated the first one like I? Yeah, because I would say, again, it's very different tonally from the first one. It doesn't take itself as dark or serious as the Will Smith version. Uh, Dead shot. With Joker. and uh, Oh, I forgot Jared Leto, right? We're off of Jared Leto. Yeah. So well, that, it was fun. And uh, I don't know if they're actually going to make more. Yeah. Like, why bother rebooting it if you're not going to make more, though? Well, like you rebooted a movie that you made like three like, years like, ago. It, it, it serves its purpose as a good standalone film. They don't need to make a sequel to it, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. What so. is the d- name difference? There's Suicide Squad. Is this The Suicide Squad? Right. Just put a the in front of it. So what can we add next time? The next Suicide Squad? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's number eight. So number seven on the list is actually the the earliest film I would have watched this year, like going back to January. Mm. When it released, and again, I did rent this one off the Cineplex store. I don't think this the theaters theme. were an option at the beginning of the year. It's mm-hmm. hard to tell. Time, time, time. This year has been <laughs> wonky. All <over> the place. <laughs> but yeah, this one was really good. Uh, this one has stuck with me a little bit. Like it's one that even though I watched it a long time ago, I would rewatch it. I probably would rewatch it again next month, pretty much a year after I first time I saw it. But uh, this, yeah, this was just uh, this. I, I think would have had a theater release. Maybe it had a small release in North America. I can't remember. But most people, I think, just saw it online uh, like through streaming. So it's called... Wait, what are we at here? Number seven. Number seven is The Little Things. And that is the cop drama thriller, I guess, whatever you want to categorize it as. Uh, Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. And it's a really good... Now, the film feels a little dated, and that's sort of on purpose and also sort of 
unintentional because the script was originally written in the 90s, but it couldn't get oh. a budget at the time. It didn't get enough traction to, to be to be greenlit for production. So let's put Denzel on the case. Right. So go back to a couple of years ago and obviously the script was flowing around. Someone's like, yeah, it's great. And then someone's probably like, should we update the script? So it doesn't feel as dated. And someone's like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> there's been so many cop movies or shows that have come out in the last 20 years, mm. obviously that the formula for this felt a little dated. Mm. Uh, there wasn't really any big twists in this or anything, but I, again, I think really it's just carried by the acting. Denzel is fantastic as always in the main role, playing sort of like a small town sheriff who gets brought back to his, former job for a like a kind of like a copycat killer or like a killer mm. that he thinks um he can track down and you know Rami Malik playing his young part younger partner who's pretty does a pretty good job in the role but Jared Leto for me is the standout because really well we just went from meh Jared Leto to I don't normally like Leto but when he does roles like this where he plays a total creep uh like he's I the main suspect in this creep. investigation and he does such a good job being creepy in this role. Well, uh, when is he not? Yeah, like when him and Denzel were on screen together, it was pretty, pretty good. Oh, okay. Some good scenes together. Okay. Um, yeah, the movie, the movie has it has one of my favorite endings of the year too. I'd really, say, like, top five ending of the year for me. Hmm. Yeah, really but you haven't it. seen the other good ending movie yet either, so right could bump it. But uh, yeah, I just I, I I went in with low expectations, and I again the trailer kind of drew me in. The cast mm. was great, and I was like, yeah, okay, well, you know, let's watch it. So I rented it and. Uh, that was really good, and I uh, I think it's warranted warrants a spot on the list. I haven't heard you talk about this since you watched it. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it's it's a slow paced movie, like it's a slow burn police procedural, but I think mm-hmm. it's like I said, it sticks a landing, and it's got some really good moments. Okay, so numero six. Oh, did I mention the? No, tell me the episode. I, I I can't remember. That, yeah, little things that will. All, I also talked about that in episode sixty nine. Oh, same episode way as those who wish me dead. Oh, okay, okay. So, that actually doesn't make sense now because now that I think about it, the movie came out in January, but I guess I didn't get around to watching it until May. I guess not because, yeah, if I talked about those who wish me dead in, in episode sixty nine, that came out in May, and I watched that pretty much right when it came out. Yeah. So I must have rented the little things at the same time. Might have been on sale for renting or something. That's probably what it was. I think it came out. It was like twenty five dollars in January when it released, and yeah. I probably waited till it went down to like seven bucks or yeah. something and rented. Okay, so it was the chronologically the first <laughs> film that I saw, like the earliest film, but not yes. the first film I watched right. in twenty one. So I apologize for that miscommunication. Uh, number six, you already alluded to this movie, but uh, we liked it for very or well, we had very different opinions on it. <laughs> so number six for me is the Tomorrow War. Yes. Now again, you tell me about I, your amazingness about now it. Before I forget. So Tomorrow War was episode 76. For okay. Want to know. And for me, this one came out of nowhere because I saw, it, like I said, it dropped, I think in July, it dropped on Amazon Prime. It was hard to miss. It was like they were promoting it crazily. Yes. Like well, the, they spent a lot like of money big, on it. Well, I, mean, I think it was something like a, with marketing and everything. It's like a $200 million film. Yeah. For something that is not, not intended to be a theater movie. It was just dropped in on Amazon Prime. Well, and then who directed it? What? And then the previous yeah, the, dir- the, the guy who directed it wrote and well co-wrote and directed it was the guy who did the Lego Batman movie. Yes, so it was obviously his first time doing like a Act, the, live action. They, to hand someone like that two hundred million dollar yeah. alien invasion film was pretty interesting. But it stars Chris Pratt, uh, Yvonne Strahovski, and oh, and J.K. Simmons is in as well. It's got a good cast, but yeah, Chris Pratt definitely carries it. He's the main character. Uh, for me, it was just like this film came out of nowhere, and what what got me initially watching it right away was the 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 first half hour of the film. I think is fantastic. The hook, like they just drop you into this scenario where there's like a future war with the aliens, and the the population is getting drafted in because basically if they don't win this war in the future, then there's going to be no future, right? So they right. go to the future to fight the aliens to save you know the present. So 
but yeah, besides the initial hook of the film, which got me, uh, what really got me intrigued was maybe less than an hour into the film when you, because they do a good job building up the suspense of these alien creatures. You don't see them really. Mm, they, they try true. They try and make them sound like they're just terrifying. Not in the trailers you, at all. First, when you get, yeah, they didn't hide. They, they did a good job hiding in the trailer too. Mm-hmm. So when you first see these aliens, it's a great mix of like practical and CGI. And, mm. But the initial reveal of these aliens and the action sequence that follows is one of my favorite moments of the year of any cinema. Really? It's a fan. The sound design is fantastic. The creature design was amazing. And from that point on too, the film was still very strong. Like it had, a, I thought it had a good plot. I know you said there were plot holes. I didn't think about it the first time I watched it. it I know. So we watched very the, differently. Caught up in the story. Yeah. And I agree the third act was a little silly the way it ended. Um, mm. Felt a little different than the rest of the film, but there was still some great, Great yeah. action, great music in the film. Felt very tacked on. <laughs> yeah, the ending was a little... The ending, I think, was a rewrite. The director did admit mm. that they, either, they rewrote the ending from the original plan. So, But still, I think it's... For a film that I had no expectations for, it blew me away. And um, so it just missed out on my top five. I think it, it's a strong... It, it deserves inclusion on this list. Number six, I'm proud to say. That's worth watching. And they're making a sequel. They are making a sequel. Okay. Yes. I can't understand what a sequel would be about because they kind of wrapped up the whole the story. Tomorrow, tomorrow war. No, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tomorrow's war. Now, you may think this next one is low on my list because obviously you had it ranked much higher, but that's how strong the other movies ahead of you. We all know what number is. one is. Well, we don't know yet. So. We know what number one is. Okay. But number five, I heavily, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that my favorite animated film of the year. Well, there was no other competition. <laughs> Some other animated. That we're on this tier? No. Well, again, this film kind of came out of nowhere. Anyways. Yes, it did. You're right. Number five is The Mitchells versus The Machines. For sure. Sarah had already mentioned her yep. favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. I did talk about this in episode number 68. Mm-hmm. So I believe it right before we April. were dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I basically told Sarah we should watch this film based on a recommendation yep. on, on forums I read online yep. where I was talking about how amazing this film was. I think at the time, The Rotten Tomatoes was something crazy. It was like 95, 96%. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, well. Okay, and it then, should you know, be like good. Said, it, was, it was Sony Animated Studios, which they they helped do. They produced the uh, Into the Spider Verse yeah. film that Sarah mentioned. So, but yeah, so we so Sarah, me, you, and, and Lucas, we watched it together yep. one day, and I think it, it, I probably haven't laughed as hard all I know. year. And yeah, this was a hilarious film. Yep. The animation was great. The voice yep. acting, story, everything about it. It had everything. It was perfect film. Like, yep. it, and it's one that I would easily recommend and rewatch. I probably will end up rewatching it many times over the next few. I years. think so. Like it's got a lot of inside jokes and like things you can go back and appreciate on another watch yeah and yeah it, like i said just yeah it really blew me away um and it's a movie you don't want a sequel to no it doesn't need it no, no like don't make a second one like this yeah. is a perfect packaged movie i agree yeah i don't know much more to say to other than what you said we both yeah. loved it um and like i said for me uh any other year this might have been in my top three but i still think that from my next four films are a little better i'm from my shocked. perspective so you're wrong but it's okay okay <laughs> yeah, my opinion is wrong <laughs> all right going ahead moving ahead number four i'll admit i had a hard time arranging two three and four on my list i could have easily shuffled these movies around um, you said last time i recorded that you had a hard time doing one and two <laughs> Well, yes and no. I'll get to that in a minute. But for me, yeah, this one, as soon as I watched this film in theater, and this was a recent watch for me. I think it only came mm. out early November. Um, but when I came out of the theaters after watching this next film, I thought to myself, this is definitely going to be in my top 10. I knew mm. already. So I just didn't know where I was going to put it. Right. So, and I'm, I'm sad to say that out of any of the films on this list, this one is definitely the one that bombed. Oh, I know uh, it's coming then. Yeah. 
but and it's not warranted. But again, it just it was a tough time of year it came out in, and the subject material is a little hard to market, yeah. I guess. So number four on my list though is the last duel. Yeah, the one I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what makes this unique, and it didn't come across in the trailers or the materials about it, is the way it's told. Yes, I love the narrative structure. Uh, so again, for those that don't know, I mean, this movie stars. It's directed by Ridley Scott, who I talked about previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jodie Comer, and uh, a couple of other supporting actors too. But they're the main three. Like mm-hmm. they're the ones that the story arc revolves around. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, I missed one, didn't I? Did I say? I said Adam Driver, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jodie Comer. I feel like I missed one name in there. <laughs> I don't. Okay, go back to that again. <laughs> Anyways, um, I did talk about this in episode ninety-one. So you don't have to go back too far to listen mm-hmm. to my impressions on it. But and I'm not gonna get into spoilers here. I would say watch Yeah, watch a trailer so you know what you're getting into, but don't watch too many trailers because they can give some details away. Mm. But again, I think yeah, the, the way this story this was this is a hard from the market. It's probably like two two hours forty minutes or so long, but it didn't feel long. I thought the pacing was fantastic when I saw it in theaters, but it is a longer film when you just look at the runtime, like on a if you're looking at it to to, to buy or rent. Uh but that's most Ridley Scott films as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's marketed as sort of like a medieval... It takes place in medieval times, so it's a med- kind of a medieval epic, but it is at its heart a drama. There's like yes. a lot of action in it, so don't go in expecting a lot of action. But I thought the story was compelling. Performances were all great. Um, and when they do actually get to some action in the last act of the film, it's pretty... It has a lot of weight behind it because of everything mm-hmm. that's happened leading up to it, right? Yeah, so it's I like intertwining like it's really well, story. Right. Like three perspectives culminating at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so definitely worth a watch. I think um, I want I do I do want you to watch it someday when I when we can rent it or yep. I, might, I might even consider buying it. Like, really? Yeah. You, well, you got to support it because it bombed I know. hard. Yeah, like, I think it was like hundred million budget, probably not even counting marketing, and I think yeah. it only made like twenty million in North yeah. America. So I'm worried that we're not going to get more films like this anymore. Yeah, I'd be a huge bummer. Yeah. But like most Ridley Scott films, I will support. Like I mean, if if you liked. Again, if you're just based on the the time period it takes place, and if you like Gladiator, if you like Kingdom of Heaven, mm. you'll like this one. So uh, I didn't like either of those. <laughs> okay, you know, like the time period then, but the story for this one. Uh, yes, I'm intrigued. For, I'm here for the I story. Mean, those, two, those two films were much more action heavy. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm here for the story. I'm I'm also intrigued because they got different people to write the different parts too. Yes, like, like you had Ben Affleck and Matt Damon co-wrote the film, which because yes. they haven't done that since Good Will Hunting. Right, so that was amazing. Then they also brought on a female screenwriter who's very—I uh, can't remember the name, unfortunately, right now—but she's well acclaimed in her own right. Yeah, and they want her to write the female perspective. Yes, of, so which I thought was a good idea. Yep. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So number three on the list, uh, this one might be the biggest surprise for me because again, uh, I mean, compared to like Mitchell's, but Mitchell's was more of like a family thing. This is obviously mm. the movie I just wanted to watch on my own. Oh, okay, yep, yep, okay. Yeah. Again, I think I might have seen a trailer before this came out, but I just ended up uh, renting it one day. It's on Netflix now too, by the way. You don't have mm. to rent it. But at the time I watched it, which I think, when did I talk about this one? Episode 71. So we're going back to early summer. Yeah, like June-ish. Yeah. May, June. When this came out and I rented it. Uh, so lately I've been impressed with Guy Ritchie's last couple mm. of films. He's, he's had a, sort of an up and down. Like he obviously started off great with some of his earlier films, you know, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Snatch, and uh, and then he sort of had a weird period in the mid two thousands. He did a couple of weird arts. Sherlock? Films. Are we calling it Sherlock weird? Well, no, no. I'm saying before he did Sherlock. Okay. Holmes. Then, they did, then he did the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, and then um, 
Yeah, I didn't love the King Arthur film he did. Mm. I, I like some of the things he did with it, but it wasn't a great film overall. But a lot, the film he came out last year, The Gentleman, I loved it. Right, you did talk, and you that, rewatched that, that like recently a, too. Yeah, that felt like an old, like a throwback to Guy Ritchie yeah. films. And this one as well, it has Guy Ritchie vibes all over it. So this movie, number three on my list, is called Wrath of Man. And it stars Jason Statham in the main role. Mm-hmm. So he's worked with Guy Ritchie before. You got Jason Statham, you got uh, uh, Josh Hartnett. Uh, it's, it's got kind of a like, small ensemble cast. A lot of actors you'd recognize. Scott Eastwood. I uh, can't remember the other guy's name right now. Jeffrey Donovan. That's another good one. <laughs> but anyways, uh, great cast. And so at its heart, it's sort of a revenge movie. I won't spoil what happens. But something something involving Statham's character in the first half of the film happens um, that drives this revenge story. And um, I would say I loved the... It has one of my favorite action sequences of the year mm. in it. The last, the third act... Or actually, the whole second half of the film was fantastic. This is like the Brinks truck movie, isn't it? Yeah, like he's well, he's like a yeah, he's a truck. I can't remember. I don't know what the terminology is. The for money that. truck. The money I think truck. you call it the money truck. The money <laughs> truck. You know, you transport the money from yeah. the banks to the depots or whatever. So yeah, there's there's a subplot there involving like robbery. There's a team that robs these trucks, and that's how Satham's character gets involved. I don't want to spoil it. I think I really think people should go in this movie just fresh. Yeah. Well, I think, I think really you. Good. I think in the episode you talked about a lot more in depth, but I yeah, guess. if you're just going on you know, from this episode, yes. just go and watch it fresh. Yeah, go on Netflix right now and watch it. I yeah. guarantee if you like Guy Ritchie movies or if you like Jason Statham, and this is like a darker, like there's there's like a little bit of light comedy in this film, but really it's a dark, very violent film towards the end. So I, mm. I really appreciate it. I love, and again, I know I said this before already, but probably a reason why a lot of these movies are on my list in my top 10 are because they have good endings. And I really like the ending for Wrath of Man. Right. I feel like it wraps up Yep. Awesome. Nice little so, bow. Yes. All right. The big two. Oh, I wonder Should what number one is. So. Well, okay. <laughs> so number two, which you and I, again, disagreed on. Yes. Very much. It was my... Okay, go ahead. It was on your list, but... Yep. Okay. So number two for me is Dune. Yes. And, well... It's 1B, you said. It's it's 1B to my number to my 1A choice, yes. Like Dune, it, it, any other year... If another, if my number one movie had not come out, which I'm sure by now people know what I'm talking about, if yeah. my number one movie hadn't come out this year, Dune would have been number one for me. I I believe you, yes. Yeah, and I I love the theater experience, unlike you. Well, you love going to the theater. I do, but I thought <laughs> seeing this in IMAX for sure was the way to see it. Uh, I love. I think I don't think any other director could have done this justice as well as Denis Villeneuve did, because you know he's done Sicario, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, prisoners he's a great great director uh i remember something that dan got a rival too uh something that dan said during this conversation where he is such a great idea where next time we go watch a movie together Mm -hmm. i should have i should have recorded the conversation on the way home about this movie because it was just you were so mad at me (laughs) matt we just heavily okay because your issue with it like you said already was you had a hard time separating the characters that you envisioned yes from reading the novel as what they were cast in the film yes and I obviously had the opposite effect because right. I saw the trailers yeah. for this movie before we read the book. So when I read the book, I already have these characters in my head. Yeah. But at the same time, I also feel like having read the novel now, I appreciated that they did choose the right actors for these roles. I thought everybody was cast perfectly, especially um, Paul in the main role. But I Paul is my Paul is my favorite character. Yeah, like, Chalamet, yeah. yeah, like I envision him. And I know you didn't like Lady Jessica, but I loved Lady Jessica. I thought no, she was fantastic. The problem is in my head, they're all World of Warcraft characters. <laughs> compare that one. i don't know okay. but that's what i envision like lady jessica's like a really awesome blood elf <laughs> and um oh the dad the 
oh i forget his name Duke the Leto. duke Duke, duke Leto, Leto. Yeah. is like arthas like just beefy awesome king that everybody loves well um but i my problem with the movie is like when we read the book and it became the, like near the end of the first part like i loved the the, the ending so much like i was moved mm-hmm. by it. like it's it's still stunning i think of it and i still feel shock waves by the end of what it the end of that book felt like made me feel mm-hmm. but the movie did not make me feel that way inside well, when that reveal the came we also it pretty much ends on a cliffhanger for part two I, but i mean like but we only finished up to part one in the movie and the, in the book sorry in right. the book so, yeah. but when that reveal came like two-thirds of the way through the movie yeah i did not have any of the same emotions true true i mean that's the, that's the trouble obviously with novel adaptations there's gonna be some things that are either cut out or things that don't have the same impact because of time constraints yeah. so again like, this, uh, this may have worked better as like a six-part miniseries on hbo or something we say that about a lot of things true. or i say that but i don't disagree like but yeah again for what he put on screen for this like two and a half hours, however long the epic. film felt. It was epic. Like the cinematography was fantastic. Yes, the, the film was mostly. They did a lot of stuff practically. Like, you practical felt like effects, you were in the desert. Which I appreciate it. Oh yeah, like the shots of the sun just and the, like the sand was just like, yeah. oh man, I feel hot and, just and, sitting and, in this chair. There wasn't, there wasn't a ton of violence in it, but the action no. that was there was really well done. But some of the action that was there doesn't exist in the book. I'm sorry. Well. But yes, I, it was. I can understand why it would be up on your list for like sure. I, like I would say, you don't have to have read the book to see this. No, you, you do not. You, you can just no, see it not based at all. On, like some things will be over your head, yes, but um, yeah. you can definitely. If you're you not going to read the book, I'd say you probably need to watch it twice to catch a lot of the. Yes, there's a lot of names and, and references that are thrown around at the end of the film. They don't yeah. really go into depth. Don't get don't get discouraged by the first half when the, all the names are being thrown at you. It's it's the same as the book. Like I felt so lost, and then later on, it's just like oh, it's it's easy. Like it it boils down to like four or five characters you actually have to remember (laughs) and then you're good so by the way i did talk about doing episode 93 more more recent okay all right number one anybody who's listened to this podcast before (laughs) knows what i'm gonna say but it it's for for many reasons it's number one on my list Mm. uh for an obvious reason it's the, the film i've seen the most this year i've seen it six times now and, and I recently got it as a gift for Christmas mm. for my lovely wife. Oh, I'm lovely today. Lovely. <laughs> but easily number one on the list, it's No Time to Die. It is... That was also Dan's number one, by yes, the way. Yes, it was. Dan did give his input on it as well when he was here. Uh, it is easily my best... Easily my favorite film of the year. It is, in my opinion, the best Bond film ever. Well, I'm shook. Your uh, your waifu. You you dis, disowned your waifu's movie. <laughs> Like Casino Royale is still in the top five, yeah. but still, it's it's the perfect. And again, I'm not getting into spoilers here. I haven't really. The reason why I'm not going to shout out a specific episode for this one either is because I haven't really done an in-depth review on no. it. Because I really wanted people to appreciate it for themselves. They can yeah. go see it for themselves the first time, or now maybe have a chance to even watch. Borrow Tyler's 4K movie, <laughs> 4K Blu-ray, watch it. But uh, yeah, for me, it's it's uh, just perfect film in so many ways not even as a james bond as a james bond film obviously it's a great film for fans of the series but even as a standalone film i think the the, the pacing the action the music the music especially that rewatching watching mm. recently made me really i knew watching it in theaters like three times already i liked the music for some reason my most recent watch at home Maybe think, man, the music in this film was just so good. Like, and, it, and it's Hans Zimmer. That's why. I love like, how they like uh, ever so often intertwine like the theme song with a lot of the like songs too throughout yes. the movie. Yeah, like it's a, just weaved in there the so beautifully. Composition is great. Yeah, it, yeah. It has one of my favorite third acts of any Bond mm. film. 
Um, so much so that, that it made you cry in the theater. I did cry and in the theater. It made, that was my favorite part of when Dan was here too because like, it made me so happy inside that both you were crying and you couldn't look at each other. Cause it was oh, like, it's, a, it's a guy code. You don't look at each other, especially in the Bond film of all things. Yeah. Like if you're going to go see like a rom-com or something and yeah. you just expect that you're going to cry or... Yeah. But for this one, it's yeah. I, that just made me it, laugh. <laughs> part of it is again, I'm not saying everybody's gonna have that reaction you're no. gonna cry when you watch this film. But I think if you're a diehard Bond fan, yeah, and if you've seen all the Craig films. Well, it's the ending of one, Craig. Like it's the ending of Craig's saga. It's a, yeah, it's his last one. Like it's film. just he's, so he's sad to see on, him go. So. But yeah, I think it's it's the best way any actor could have done his last Bond film. Yeah. You know, like I, it, it makes it pains me that like P- Pierce Brosnan went out the way he did because I loved him as Bond, but yeah. his last Bond film was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't his fault, but that's his. I think that's the way how most of them ended. go, though. Yeah, most of them did not have good endings. So they're, I mean, Timothy Dalton only got two chances, so it wasn't yeah. his fault. His 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 film actually was pretty good the way yeah. his last one was. But, but for somebody who did as many movies as Craig did, I'm just I'm glad Craig yeah. got to redeem himself because if he would have ended it on Spectre, it would have been a huge. Bummer. Oh, but like, that was my problem. I remember mentioning about this movie where like mm-hmm. GoldenEye is an epic movie which is self-contained, right? But to watch No Time to Die, you need to come in with Spectre knowledge. To appreciate it, not to watch it. To appreciate it more, yes, you should watch Spectre beforehand. Or at least have seen Spectre before and remember. But it, ha- it keeps talking about Spectre in the movie. Yeah. And, it, again, and the, roma- the romance carries over from Spectre. Yes. And plays a big part in it. That's true. <laughs> so I think Spectre is a required viewing. And then you're just like, okay, well, then you just should watch all the Craig films because they really all tie together. Mm-hmm. So you're asking a lot for people just to watch No Time to Die. To get the most out of it. Yes, I agree. You do not need to have watched all of them. And most recently, have watched Spectre so you remember what happened in that yeah. one. But yeah, but again, I just, I I was really hyped going into this film. Like when Were I saw, you? Like, the, well, <laughs> <laughs> but but in the back of my mind, it was always just like I didn't want to be let down because I, I was pretty hyped for Spectre because obviously Skyfall was awesome. Yeah, coming off Skyfall, I thought Spectre was going to be great. And Spectre was a such, flop, such a disappointment. Yeah, where I was like, you know, are they going to do this one justice? And I can easily say they did. And I remember thinking like, oh, like all the media was just saying Craig won't come back. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to do this anymore. And when he got paid big, I was just like, oh, this is just like a paycheck. He's mm-hmm. gonna this movie's gonna suck. And then Tyler showed me some scenes in it. I'm like, nah, he's actually he's, he's not phoning he, this in. This he, is real. He this is good. This role. Yeah, this, for sure. This movie had more emotion than yeah. any Bond film yeah. before this. Not yeah. even Craig films. Like any Bond film yeah. didn't have this level of emotion. Yeah, and a lot of that is just ties into how well the. The story works with the plot, and yeah, and, and I'm impressed with how well they kind of salvaged the relationship parts of Spectre, especially the relationship. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a one-off. So. Yes, no, it needed to be yeah. better. <laughs> but again, I really don't want to get into too many spoilers here. Yeah. I think it's best, especially if you're a Bond fan, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, please go. If it's still in theaters, if you have a chance to go see it, go mm, see it. Is it still in theaters here? It might still be. I don't know. Well, maybe not. Like maybe here, like but, theater ten or something. Yeah, like obviously it's got bumped by other movies lately, but. But then again, it also came out what first September first, second week of October. No, it was it was early October. It was it in September? I thought I it, was it came out right around your birthday. Is what I think. No, I think that was Dune that came. Oh, Dune was it late was October? After. Dune was after. Yeah, yeah. I thought Spectre was September. Everyone, everyone in order here, like like movies I saw recently. Like I saw Bond, then I, then we saw Dune, then I saw Last Duel, and then. I guess that was the last one I saw before we did these podcasts. Right, Last Duel was the yeah. last one I saw in theaters. Yeah, I think so. And then. So that is your number one. Do you have any more words about number one? No, I've said it plenty already. I did have a list of five movies that just missed out. I'll call them honorable mentions. The ones that just missed out on my top 10. I feel bad for having to bump them, but um, and a couple of them were recent watches on mm. Netflix. Um, one on Disney Plus. 
Oh, actually, sorry. I, I lied. The last duel wasn't the most recent one I saw in theaters before talking about this. The one that it's going to be an honorable mention, the most recent one I saw mm. was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Right. Yes. And I thought it was a good film. I know the people I saw it with appreciated it. Maybe a lot. There were more Ghostbusters fans than I was. Mm-hmm. I'd seen the original, like the, the first two Ghostbusters. Well, I saw the 2016 Ghostbusters as well. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> But this this is tied to the original Ghostbusters films from the eighties. So I thought it was really good. I just did it didn't have enough impact for me to make my top ten. Right, just missed out. Um, also on your list, you mentioned A Quiet Place Part Two. Yeah, and I it didn't make my top ten for the same reasons you mentioned. I thought it was a good film. Mm-hmm. Like, well, technically well made. Yep, but didn't really need to exist for right. me. It was just a continuation of the first film, basically. Yeah, and you know while the family dynamic stuff is still interesting, mm-hmm. I just yeah I yeah didn't didn't care enough for it to really rewatch it again yeah or, no so um if you like the, the, if the, you like very dark movies yeah. <laughs> that are visually very dark <laughs> this next one would be a close close omission for me especially i watched it recently on disney plus but i was really impressed with black widow yeah it seems you showed it, me may want to watch it going into it i had no expectations mm-hmm. i it was it was really well done mm-hmm. um good, good introduction send off for her character and well an yeah. introduction to the new black widow yeah, for Yelena, the new Black Widow mm-hmm. character, which is now being in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So, um, a couple other Netflix ones I watched recently: uh, Western called "The Harder They Fall," which again I really had no expectations for going in, other than I want to watch it because of the cast. The casting was amazing, but um, and it was a really good film. I mean, it's it, it's a different take on a western for sure. Um, maybe I'll do an in-depth review on this one day. I don't want to get too much into it right now, but uh, the film was kind of like all over the place. For me, it didn't really have that consistency that I would. Um, and it, even though it had a Western setting, it didn't feel like a Western to me and like some most other mm. Westerns do. So for me, it, it knocked down a couple pegs on my list. But I still enjoyed watching it. I might go back and rewatch it one day as well. But I mean, it just missed the boat. I think your next movie is your most recent watched movie, isn't it? Yeah, so this would be <laughs> the most recent of any movie I watched before we did our, our podcast right. here. But uh, also on Netflix called The Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. And that was the one with Bennett Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst. Again, really good film. Uh, strong performances, especially from Cumberbatch. And um, I did like the ending to this film. That's what almost made it in my top <laughs> ten is that a good ending. But for me, still, it just hard one for me to recommend, even though I know your sister loved it. Um, well, she loves talk. Cumberbatch, so <laughs> I think it automatically gets A+. She did like the setting as well, she said. I thought the film yes, was really, really, a really well-made film. Um, there's really nothing negative I can say about it. It's just for me something just just missing in the central plot that didn't it didn't have the hook for me that I thought it would. Okay. So yeah, it just missed out. But again, all the five of those films I think are still worth watching. Mm. Like, I would say watch my top ten first. <laughs> but then if you want to watch any of those five I just mentioned, you'll you'll still have a good time, I think. They're all good films on their own on their own their own ways. Um what was your like worst movie you watched this year then? <sighs> I don't really want to talk about the worst ones. I'll just say there was there. Thankfully, there was very few negative experiences I had this oh, year. Good. But if I want to throw a few titles out there, um, when you already mentioned the woman in the window, yeah, garbage, absolute garbage. <laughs> Do not watch it. Trust me. Don't waste two hours or whatever on your of your time on it. It's not worth it. And also, I finally learned this year I am done with Zack Snyder. Oh right. I really did not. I wasted four hours of my time watching that extra the Justice League Snyder cut. Yeah. Thing. And then after that, I don't know why I put myself through it, but I also thought, oh, I'll watch Army of the Dead. Oh, yeah. I noped out of that movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I watched the first, like, hour, and I'm like, oh, this is I terrible. Mean, I, I've talked about Snyder at length many times before. The one thing I will give him credit for, he's always a great visual director. That is his hook. Mm. But the man cannot write a story to save his <laughs> life. He does not know. Snyder Cut of Just League was a perfect example of why editing his films is a good thing. Because mm. when he's allowed to do whatever he wants, you get stuff like this. 
And yeah, Army of the Dead, which unfortunately I think Netflix is spinning off now into a bunch of other no. sequels and prequels. It's a whole universe thing. Now. No. So stop them now. I don't know. I but yeah, I, I wasted. Between those two films, I think I wasted six and a half hours of my time. They're not going to get back. But, <laughs> anyways. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you had more happy experiences. Yes. Like well, I'm very happy with my top ten this year. But I'm, st- I'm still more curious because you still have a few movies to go see. Yes, there's still a few that I didn't get a chance to see before. Either they didn't come out or I didn't get a chance to see them right. before we recorded this. So. So I think in like a, uh, I think mid January we're going to come back and make like your revised. Like, yeah, would they have a, made top ten? Yes, there may be a few. When we look back. Because like Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man. I, I have a, a good feeling I'm make top 10. I'm pretty sure Spider-Man will make the top 10. I'm not sure about Matrix. We'll see. Yeah, I've heard mixed about Matrix. Um, so I think it'll be good, but not great. But we'll yeah, see. We will revisit. But anyways, that will wrap up. And I'm looking at the time right now. We're just under an hour. We got to wrap this up. <laughs> In if, case if, everything if, blows if up. The, if the time frame is broke it last time, <laughs> I really don't want to have to do this for a third time. So... Uh, we're going to wrap this up. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I was going to say enjoyed, but it's not going to be our last episode of 2021 because we are still going to record <laughs> another one this week before the new year. So We don't have a topic for that one, do we? <laughs> I guess like on, the world combination of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because we watch TV shows and yeah, It'll be a look too. back on 2021 in yeah. general. A quick recap and stuff. But yeah, this was our top 10. Well, my top 10, Sarah's top 8 films of 2021. I'll say top 2. Again, we apologize. We couldn't get Dan's input this time yeah. because he was here last time when we did the initial Maybe he, could be, he should be here for the spoiler cast for Bond then. Yes, I will bring him in on the Bond discussion for sure because yeah. him and I will have a lot of opinions on yeah, that. Yeah, I think that'll be good. Because um, I'll be very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we, as always, we appreciate everybody's support. Um, Oh, I don't know. Should we do the email shout out or? Yeah, if you have a top 10 or a, a movie, good movie that we didn't mention. Yeah. Send in your emails to when opposites react at gmail.com. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me wrap this up so Sarah can edit and hopefully we'll get this. <laughs> Nothing up blows you guys. up. <laughs> you, you, can get, you can get this maybe up for you guys to listen to before the new year. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Um, and that's if you haven't seen some of these movies you want to or that or maybe if you didn't give them a chance this list will, this list will go watch Dune and settle the debate <laughs> yes let us know let us know which side you're on <laughs> the right side which is mine <laughs> and if you read the book or not because it makes up a difference yeah yeah alright anyways thanks everybody for support we appreciate it as always and we'll be back hopefully same time next week <laughs> bye